The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to another episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason. And today on the podcast, we're going to introduce a new series of podcast episodes we're going to do on the topic of assurance of faith. Uh, but before we get into our topic, uh, ask you a question, Jason, and this one is going to test uh, how spiritual, spiritual you are so we can judge you. Uh, but here's my Great. question. What is the last series uh, or episode that you watched on Netflix? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you went there. Um, all right. Well, I, I, listen, I'm not ashamed to say okay. the, the, the series that, I, that I've been watching is kind of the same series that I've, it's my go-to series okay. when I want to... Uh, watch something that will take my mind off of, you know, the seriousness of life, uh, criminal minds. Um, so it's a, it's a fun, you know, 40 minutes or so per episode and, uh, kind of dark, some death and that kind of stuff, but it's takes my mind off of, uh, real life around me. I don't have to pay attention. Each episode's kind mm -hmm. of its own thing. I don't have to have this long-term commitment to the show. So that's what I've been watching. Every Is that your uh, after Sunday uh, evening uh, <laughs> show to relax? <laughs> Sunday evenings, yeah, not quite. I try not to watch <laughs> sports if I can. Okay. But uh, do you have a go-to? What's your uh, What's the last thing you watched on Netflix? So I don't have a go-to. Um, I'm more selective in what I want to watch. So I usually ask my wife. Wait, wait, um, more selective than me. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. I'm much, much more uh, spiritual than my choice of uh, shows I'm going to watch. So my <laughs> wife usually sees a lot of things or she'll, you know, read up on things and suggest uh, uh, things to watch. But the last thing I watched was a series and um, like you, I like criminal uh, type of shows. So okay. Uh, we watched, it was, uh, I think it was a four or five part series uh, called The Vanishing at the Cecil, Cecil Hotel or Cecil Hotel, okay. uh, the story yeah. of Elisa Lamb. And so I won't ruin it for uh, those who may have not watched it, but such a fascinating uh, uh, series. So I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, we, we watched the, the first episode to that and we haven't gone back to it, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. And I told my wife, I said, do you want me to, do you want me to book us a room afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're bad. Uh, anyway, you're so bad. <laughs> let's get into our uh, episode here on assurance. We're going to uh, just introduce this topic by looking at um, the London Baptist Confession of 1689. Uh, we went through this uh, previously on our podcast, and we've adopted this as our uh, part of our statement of faith at our church. And so it gives us an opportunity just to see how the confession talks about these topics to give us a framework for us to talk through them and then use that to talk about uh, 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 practical things that we are hearing 
uh, in the church and um, how we can address it today in our modern times, because a lot of what they say is so relevant, even though it may sound a little different than we speak today, uh, the theology and the experience uh, is the same. So I wanted to begin um, before we get into looking at uh, the confession is just asking just a, a foundational question of, of how we should define or how could we define assurance? How would you answer uh, that question? Yeah, I mean, in layman's terms, I would just say assurance is th this confidence that you belong to Christ. Hmm. Confidence yeah. or... Maybe I could put it, you know, confidence that you belong to God in Christ uh, and just being sure that that you're his and, and you will be with him forever. That's great. Yeah, just a very simple definition to get us started. Um, and then we'll continue on uh, when we go through uh, the confession. I think one thing to consider before we even talk about it is that when we think about assurance, there's... Uh, two parts of it that can can trip us up a little bit with it is that mm. there's the theological understanding that we get from the scripture. And then there's also the experience. And yeah. sometimes there's a gap between what we believe and maybe how we feel um, that we will wrestle with and that we want to think through when we go through assurance. Do you find that with uh, those you speak with about uh, this topic? Absolutely. I, I've, I've found it in my own walk with the Lord mm -hmm. in the past too. I think that there's, there's this uh, struggle that we have. We know doctrine, truth. Uh, maybe we've studied theology. We've been in the church a long time. We, we know the realities that the Bible tells us about our salvation and what Christ has accomplished. On the other hand, we don't always necessarily feel that way experience it deep within and, and doubt creeps in. And that could be from a variety of, for a variety of reasons, which I think yeah. uh, as we go through the confession, we'll get to some of those too. I mean, there's, there's some pretty significant reasons at times that we can doubt that comfort that we are supposed to have and feel um, in Christ and in our salvation. But certainly those two things can, can be totally, um, opposite and kind of like this dichotomy where your mind knows one thing, but your heart mm -hmm. and your, your experience feels something else. I don't know if you, yeah. have you personally experienced or seen it? Cause I see it a lot in counseling uh, people in the church too. I'm sure you've seen that as well. Yeah, definitely. People wrestling with the assurance um, of faith that, that they struggle with, with their experience. Primarily, I've seen it with people struggling with their walk with the Lord or how they're doing in their sanctification when they begin to focus in on themselves and they're looking within, they're starting to doubt and their eyes and their focus are looking inward instead of out at Christ. And I find that uh, people get tripped up a lot with that um, in their in their walk. How are they doing is, is what they're focusing on. It's natural for us. Sure. We sure. look at ourselves. We're, we're Americans. We perform, we achieve, we succeed, right? It's in our mindset of how we're supposed to live our lives. And that creeps into the way we live our faith. Well, and it's so interesting because 
that same issue that you just described, the looking at your own life, take uh, harms the person who is struggling in their sanctification and growth in one way, and it harms those who are doing in their minds really well yes. in another way, right? Yeah. So suddenly they've got confidence in their flesh, and that is not uh, you know what the Lord desires from us or is working in us. And so it, turning our eyes away from ourselves is, is probably going to be a big part of our conversation uh, moving forward. But I, I do want to point out and, and say, uh, and I, I hope that those who are listening can be honest with themselves too and, and think with us as we walk through this subject matter, because it's really important. Uh, many believers throughout the history of the church have struggled with assurance. This is not new. Uh, this is not uncommon, and um, we have to we have to be honest and and go th- go through this kind of conversation because it's real and and we don't what we're trying to accomplish as believers and what we're trying to I shouldn't say accomplish what we're trying to uh, get at is this the j- the joy and comfort and peace yeah. of knowing Christ, yeah. and that's what we're we're robbed of and often by our own wrong thinking. Um, and, and that's what we want to attain to uh, by the spirit and, and through his grace. We want that peace, that comfort, that assurance, and the joy um, that, that comes with it so that we can, you know, the, the Westminster Confe- or uh, Shorter Catechism says, you know, what is the chief end of man is the first question. And the answer is the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. We want to enjoy him. And yeah. I don't know how you can enjoy him if you don't have assurance, but it's so easy to lose that. Yeah. And I don't want to go on a rabbit trail, but I think back just simply at church history. And if you think about um, the way it's taught or not taught in the Catholic church until the reformation came, and even in modern days, there is no assurance, right? In right. that in the church, and I remember growing up in the church. That's not something you are are encouraged to have because you don't want to commit these sins. In a sense, it seemed that some of it was to control your behavior, and then you're looking toward yourself at the same time, and then you don't really know till the end. And I just wonder, like you're saying, how do you live a joyful Christian life if you're not assured of the end? It it makes God you know, it speaks to God's character when we believe that, you know, we're not one of his, his children or we're, we're adopted, but then we're disowned. It it doesn't create uh, a joyful Christian life that we're speaking of. So that's one uh, aspect of it that we can get into. And I think of another important issue um, to think about is why is assurance an important issue from the point of view of scripture. Hmm. I mean, I I think we see in, in scripture in a number of places. Well, I mean, I think almost anywhere that salvation is talked about, the assumption is that we know we have it Mm -hmm. and we're living in it. You know, we're, that includes the joy, the peace, the contentment, all the things that we just talked about. Um, this full assurance that that uh, scripture talks about. I think we've identified like Hebrews 6, 1 um, yes. here, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. 
I, I like to think about the fact that, you know, the Lord tells us that, you know, uh, those who believe have eternal life, not yeah. will have eternal life. And we're supposed to start enjoying it even now. Um, so I, I think scripture is replete with emphasis on that. Yeah, that's great. Any others that you could, or any other ideas in scripture you can think of? You, yeah, you brought up the two I was thinking of, of the Hebrews and then having the eternal life. It seems yeah. that when scripture is talking about salvation, it's having salvation. It's not a possibility. Right. It's something that has occurred and it's not because of you. The focus isn't because you've attained it. You haven't accomplished right. it. It's always back on Christ. So in a sense, the assurance is lying in the promises of God. And it's putting the full weight on him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, I like how in the, um, in the confession, it comes, the, 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 the section on assurance of grace and salvation comes on the heels of the section on perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Right. And, and part of the perseverance of the saints that we have to keep in mind always is that the Lord is holding us in his hands and will not let go of us. Yeah. The emphasis is on the faithful character of God. Um, and I think we, we've both kind of recently preached on related topics, uh, you and I. And I thought, you know, you brought out some wonderful truths there in, in Psalm 121 about the faithfulness of our God. And that's the emphasis, even in assurance of salvation. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So as you we talked about the chapter before in the confession leading up to this chapter in chapter 18 in the confession, it's the assurance of grace and salvation. Uh, in this section, there's four different points that they make and we'll cover. We'll begin with the first point they make. We look at it and we can ask the question, can we have assurance? That seems to be what they're answering in this first point that they're making. So let me read the first point and then we can go through the sentences. It's a little bit long, but bring out what they're trying to communicate to us. So the first point says this, temporary believers and other unregenerate people may deceive themselves in vain with false hopes and fleshly presumptions that they have God's favor and salvation but their hope will perish. Yet those who truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him sincerely, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may be certainly assured in this life that they are in a state of grace. They may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and this hope will never make them ashamed." My first question for you. Oh, for me. <laughs> is what are temporary believers? It's interesting they use that <laughs> phrase from uh, a different time period, but yeah. they say that in a couple points in the confession. How do you simply define that for us? Yeah, I, I think they're they're looking at something like uh, the 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 parable of the sower, and you see the the ones that. Uh, kind of quickly grow up uh, and then the cares of the world mm -hmm. come or, or, or they're not, they're not very deep. So in a sense, there's a, an appearance of belief, right? They look like they're believers, yeah. 
But the way we know that they're not regenerate, they're not in the state of grace truly is it's temporary. Uh, mm. right that's that was yeah. it wasn't genuine it was it was only temper so i think that's what they're referring to i think we we laughed about off the air we laughed at the fact that um i think the the westminster confession uses different language very similar but they call them the unregenerate or what was it or the apostate or something i, I don't remember exact language here i'll look it up real quickly but uh yeah they used a little bit different language yes Oh, that's what, although hypocrites and other unregenerate men, that's what they said. Other hypocrites. Yeah. They may be uh, referring, you know, I was thinking of uh, Simon the Magician in the book of Acts that was pretending, right? He was pretending yeah. because he wanted what the apostles had. He wanted their powers and you could see what came out of his heart was he was looking for gain, even, right. even at the end when uh, Peter was saying to him, he repent and believe and calling him. He's like, you pray for me. You know, he wasn't even uh, sincerely wanting to pursue. He had others. And I think of when it talks about these fleshly presumptions that they have God's favor and salvation, it's, it's coming from the flesh. It's not coming from a heart of uh, bowing before the Lord and, and wanting him to be your Lord and savior. Yeah, I mean, when you get that language of, you know, pre fleshly presumptions, honestly, one of the groups of people that come to mind are the Pharisees, hmm. right? Thank you, sure. God, that I am not like one of these, Yeah, right? I do this and I do that. And so there's this uh, emphasis on who they are, what they've done, what they've accomplished. And it's so interesting because then you got Paul, on the other hand, who's like, yeah, if they have reason to boast, I have a lot more. Yeah. But guess what? I count it rubbish. It's I, I wish I didn't even have it because I want Christ and he's my righteousness. So uh, very different. But yeah, there's there's some that are, they look like believers, right? Or they pretend to be, or they say they yeah. are, um, but it's it's temporary. They're not regenerate. There hasn't been a real rebirth. Um and, and there's a false hope there. Their hope says their hope will perish. Yeah. Right. And it's just identifying, reaffirming what we see in scripture and what even Jesus says. That's the uh, path, passage in Matthew 7, right? That Jesus says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's yeah. a sobering passage. Now, when we look yeah. at with, with any judgment on others, it's the fact that there are some who are not believers and yeah. aren't believing the gospel and have other reasons that are coming out of their flesh and, and Jesus points that out in scripture. So it's interesting how they start in the negative, just putting the negative of here's what may happen or is going to happen in the church. We should say yeah. that there will be those who are not truly believers. Yeah. Then they it, make a, ch Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, yeah, they, 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 that what they start with, uh, obviously is important too, because the Lord makes it clear that there are going to be some who are, uh, you know, the weeds that, that mm -hmm. are going to be there, even present in the church, but it leads them. It leads to the next sentence, doesn't it? It, yeah. it because 
now when we as believers know, we go, oh, wow, there are people that, that may even claim to be believers, but they're, they're deceiving themselves. And then the next question that comes to the Christian's mind is what? Well, can I have assurance? Yeah. Right. How do I know? Because it's not, and, and notice the question, it's the, the question of assurance isn't, do I believe Jesus is a powerful savior? Mm-hmm. And that the salvation that he accomplished is objectively real and true. It's not a question about the gospel in that sense. It's a question about how do I know my believing is real? Yeah. That's the, the, the struggle of assurance. Can, can I know that I really believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that before of how do, how do I know? How do I know I'm truly believing for the right reasons, what are my motives? It's interesting. Even in this statement, there's a slight bent toward us again. Yep. Oh yeah. And, and, and the strength of our faith, the character of our faith, and to, it pulls, it's a quick pulling away from the object of where assurance is lying, which I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> it's okay. It's interesting when we think about that, but in the confession, it takes that turn and says, well, here's the here's how you can have yet those who truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him sincerely, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him may be certainly assured in this life that they are in a state of grace. Now, n- notice what it's not saying. It's not saying those who truly believe in the Lord Jesus love him sincerely, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him are saved mm-hmm. okay because that's an interesting statement this this love him sincerely how sincerely yes <laughs> <laughs> um truly believe um truly i that truly can be defined in different ways maybe i i don't know um endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him i uh sometimes maybe. <laughs> I, I, you know like there, what this is getting at is yes, assurance is possible. It's not saying salvation here. Salvation's yes. already been described, and the emphasis yeah. has been you know written up in the other uh, articles. You know, emphasizing grace, emphasizing yeah. God's work in our lives, the, the salvation that He initiates from beginning to end and does. This is now coming to the subjective in a sense. Going okay, how do yeah. I know? How do I process? How do I experience? And so I want to be clear that it's not saying uh, you're saved if you endeavor to walk in all good conscience before him and love sincerely, because I think we would all admit that that's not always true about every believer. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, that, that distinction I think is really important because you can get, you can get confused if you're putting this statement as how am I saved? This isn't a how am I saved passage. This is uh, how am I understanding being assured of my salvation? And and that distinction, I think, is really important because we're not getting here into the uh, discussion of how are we justified before the Lord? Right. It's this experience of feeling assured, which they'll talk about how that's not always 100% all the time as they go through the point. And so they're leading up to it. But I think that's really important. And I think they do bring out some points here of 
of a believer of a of a talking about what a believer looks like at the core of your relationship toward the lord mm-hmm. this you love the lord i mean that's the change of heart when you turn from sin you turn to the lord now we're not saying 100% like you're saying we're not all 100% whenever we sin we love our sin more than the lord at that point in time and there right. may be seasons of that and so there's this posture toward the lord lord though and Absolutely. a desire that's created mm-hmm. in the heart toward him enduring endeavoring to walk before him that's yep. our life with the lord so those are uh, characteristic of our faith but they're not what is uh you say the object of our assurance right and and i, I think you're, you're making a really important point here that this sentence uh, the second sentence in this article uh, and and first uh point here is getting at the bent of the christian heart right the posture of the christian heart and this idea, uh, the one thing we know must be, is present, right? In every believer is belief, right? Mm-hmm. We, faith, that, that is uh, the, the distinguishing marker. Now, the, the reason I pointed out, you know, the, the question of levels is this, this idea of truly believe. Well, yeah. you know, the guy, I think it's Mark chapter nine, I, I believe help my unbelief. <laughs> Yeah, he he might say truly. It depends on what you mean by truly. But there is a there is a true, as in a a an actual faith mm-hmm. that marks the Christian, and, and beyond that, the bent of the Christian heart is what you describe or what is described here: love loving God sincerely. You go from hating God to now loving God, and and realizing that He is love lovely. Right. And this idea of endeavoring to walk before him, like you said, even when we are not walking faithfully before him, the Christian heart generally desires to. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are times we're grieving the spirit, perhaps. And but the heart wants that. That's the transformation that's occurred. We do want to walk with God. And I like the last line they may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You can have this assurance. You're not like, I think you pointed out the Roman Catholic church does not allow for assurance and you become, they consider you kind of arrogant if you think that you can be sure. And instead I I would say that's so uh, opposite of what scripture wants. It's, it's not a matter of arrogance. It's a matter of trusting and having this, real joy in our salvation what is the joy of our salvation if we can't know it's ours Mm -hmm. yeah it's they reference romans 5 and that's where it talks about how we're justified by faith in him and in verse 2 the scripture says through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of god and it talks about the holy spirit's been given to us so it's that new state of grace they call it where you're rejoicing in this in him yeah. and in that salvation it's it's amen amen Are there so any the other question- Oh, well, so the question that, that was being asked is, hey, can we have assurance? 
And the answer in this article here is yes, assurance can be had by the believer. Yeah. Uh, they can rejoice in the salvation that is theirs. Um, and then the next points will kind of walk through some of how that's uh, obtained. But again, it's not answering the question, what saves us? That's been answered already in a previous article. And uh, this is now saying, okay, can assurance be had by the believer in this life prior to glory? Uh, and the answer is yes. Yes. And, and we want Christians to experience that assurance. That's a great way to summarize that first point of this section of the confession on assurance of grace and salvation. And we'll continue on with the next points and look at the focus and how they progress in helping us understand assurance. So yes, we can have assurance and we're going to look at uh, next time, the next point, uh, which is going to focus on the foundation of assurance and discuss how they talk about uh, the foundation of assurance. So we hope you uh, enjoyed this introductory lesson or, or discussion on assurance. If you have any questions or comments, please email us, uh, let us know. We'd love to interact with what you're thinking. Um, and we hope that you'll continue to join this conversation that we're having next time uh, when we'll pick up point two of this section on assurance. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.